0: up connect family come on let's give Jesus a bigger hand can we do that right now even bigger than that come on one more time we glorify you Jesus in this place you are welcome 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 you are welcome in this place you know the Bible says that if we lift Jesus higher he will draw all men unto himself amen so let's do a good job lifting Jesus higher and we'll get more and more people to church praise the Lord secret sauce to church growth Live Jesus higher, amen? Well, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Pastor Derek, and uh, people call me PD, and I am the lead servant of Connect Church, and what an honor. I am more excited about my church than any time I've ever had, probably in my entire career, and uh, I just, I'm, I'm not lying, i am you know, if I was, I'd probably really be risking it right now on, on the microphone in front of all these people. Uh, God will get me good. But anyway, truthfully, it's just an incredible season of life uh, for me and my bride. Can you give it up for my wife, Pastor Stacy, over here? Come on, baby. Stand up. Stand up, Vanna. Stand up. Come on. I want to give some love to my better half, 31 years of glorious marriage. Praise the Lord. Well, it was 20 good years. But anyway, who's doing the math this morning? The last 20. Praise the Lord. Um... (laughs) But I'm so glad you guys are with us this morning. We're going to just kind of take a time out from the series that we've been in entitled It's About Time, and I'm going to pick that up again next week and finish the series. And then the following week after that is Vision Sunday. Everybody say Vision Sunday. So that's just an all play. Everybody be in church on 212. especially if you're new to the church. Some people don't know, like, what we're about, and what, you know, it's like a quarterback. We call the play. Where are we going? What's our direction? What's our vision for the church? I want you to know that, and uh, it'll help you really plug in in 2023. And so sometimes you just have these great experiences, or I hope you are, and that's why you like it. But I want you to know the vision of the house. Amen? Amen. So be here on 212. But today, everybody say today. Today, today I got a fresh word for you. Amen? Amen. We you close your eyes? I want to pray. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege and honor of sharing your word. Your word. Your word is alive. The word of God is alive. It is, it is sharp. It is quick. It is. The word divides in uh, joints from marrow and soul from spirit. And it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word is powerful, God. And I pray that you open up our hearts. You open up our minds to receive the word. So we're, our, our, our minds are renewed and our hearts are transformed by this incorruptible truth we call the word of God. And uh, you go before me, Lord. You help You help this broken vessel. You help this imperfect uh, person to communicate these incorruptible truths. To the best of my ability, I offer myself to you, Lord, in the mighty matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap around the house. Uh, thank you, brother. You can stay with me, though. Don't move. <laughs> um, you know... I was just thinking about the 21 days of prayer. It's been mentioned multiple times. And for some of you maybe uh, were not able to, did not, chose not to pray and fast. We don't want you to feel uh, condemned about that. Uh, This is not a drive you to prayer. This is a draw you to prayer. Uh, This isn't a confrontation. This is an invitation. I want you to know that prayer works. And some people don't know how to work prayer right. And so every month we have a prayer meeting, the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m., and I just want to encourage you, that is in all church, all locations, come together and pray at 9 a.m. I, I see a church, in my mind, I have vision for a church that prays the paint off the walls. I see meetings where, you know, half the church is in attendance praying and seeking God uh, for not only their lives, but for God's agenda. And I believe that a church that prays together stays together. I believe a church that prays together will see revival not only in their lives but in the world around them that they influence. And so I want to invite you to come join us to pray. Uh, Our next meeting is the day before Vision Sunday. We'll pray for Vision Sunday. We'll pray for you too. But be here at 9 a.m. It's about a a 75-minute experience and uh, there's going to be worship there. There'll be a, a brief word, and then we teach you how to pray so that you're equipped to pray, and then you can take that back into your daily, uh, we call it devotional life, and it can become a vibrant part of your Christian experience. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, transition. I want to just tell you about this message. I've entitled this message Day 22, and, and here's why. I was reading my Bible, um, as I do every morning, and it was about halfway into the fast, Uh, this 21-day period of uh, more nourishing spiritually and kind of malnourishing or undernourishing the flesh. And and I push through kind of this tough phase. You know, when I go into a fasting period, and some of you know what this is to be like, there's a trepidation, there's a little anxiety about it because we're going to have some denial of self, and that can be painful. You know, I'm not going to watch Netflix for the next 21 days. I'm... I'm, uh, I'm not going to eat, you know, bread and Twinkies, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, there's just different things that we've decided. We're going to draw a line. We're not going to do these things. And we're not just doing it because we're trying to be punitive. Of, uh, we're trying to get more powerful in our relationship with God. That's why people fast and pray is not just to punish you, but to get more powerful in your spirit so that your spirit is large in charge of your triune being. You have a body, you have a mind, you have a spirit, but most of the time your body's leading you. Most of the time your feelings are leading you. Amen? So that's why you fast and pray. So I push through that tough phase, and it happens. It takes me about four or five days, and I'm in the sweet spot. I'm in the pocket. I'm in the zone. I feel good. I feel a song coming to my head by James Brown, but I won't do it, and I could bust a move, but I won't because it's a church. Uh, but anyway, I got to get off that. My brain gets distracted fast, but I'm in the sweet spot. I'm in the pocket. I feel so great, and in the middle of that I, I, all of a sudden I had this thought. I'm like, Lord, this is incredible. This is so great. I'm so grateful to season, in this space, this place. But what do I do on day 22? Like, it's good for 21 days, but then what about day 22? I know myself, God. And then I'm thinking about you all. And I know my people. <laughs> I know what it's like to have this, this to get to this kind of precipice this the space and place in god only to very quickly after sometimes almost hours after days after i've lost that connection i've lost that 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 intimacy i've lost that uh, that that love and feeling you know that righteous brother song i lost this love and feeling oh that love and feel. remember that song nobody knows that song right oh, 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 oh. Ba-dum. Right? And, but it's gone all gone. And so I'm worshiping to Righteous Brothers with God, singing that song, and and I'm just thinking, this is a problem. And so this message is dedicated to you, okay? And and I went to this verse in the Bible, and and, and the Lord just kind of made this pop. I was looking at where Jesus was fasting. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus had been led led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and there the devil came as well. And the Bible says at in his fasting period, by the way, his was 40 days, not 21 days. But the Bible says after fasting, everybody say after. 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 fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, yeah. That's your first response in the natural. Like, I'd be so hungry I could eat wheatgrass for a month. Like, I, I of course he's hungry. But what the Lord really showed me here, and, and this will play into the next verse that we we'll read in a second is... That hunger, he said, son, hunger means vulnerable, vulnerable. So sometimes right after a high in God, sometimes when you obtain something in your relationship with God, or maybe even successes in life that God provides for you, right after that, you will be vulnerable. You will be vulnerable. And so he said, son, I want you to prepare the people. I want you to get them ready because they've gotten somewhere, and it's awesome, and I'm so proud of them. And I'm happy for them, and, and it's amazing, but they can lose it just as fast as they found it. Right. Right. And so how do, we, how do we sustain and how do we maintain what we obtain? And then in verse 3, here's what happens. Because we're vulnerable because right after that, the Bible says in verse 3, then, everybody say then. In other words, right after the season of prayer and fasting that Jesus went through, the devil came to him. So you can be sure if the devil will come to Jesus right after he prays and fasts, he'll come to you right after you pray and fast as well. And the Bible says that the devil tempted him in three different areas. And I won't teach all of this, but he tempted him in his, and it relates to us, he tempted the self-life. Like, your wants. if you're God and you can turn those stones into bread, you hungry? Eat it. Go for it. You don't have to fast anymore. You don't have to do that stuff anymore. You don't have to deny yourself anymore. Indulge yourself. Everything is permissible. Not necessarily beneficial, but everything is permissible for you. Go ahead. Turn it down. And then he goes from there and he... He kind of tempts him in his security, and, 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 and he says, "If you if, listen, if you're God, you could just throw yourself off this cliff, and the angels would pick you up, and your, your foot wouldn't even touch the ground. Don't worry about it. What are you afraid of? You don't have to be afraid of anything. You're protected. You're guarded. Don't get so spooky spiritual about all of that. And then he tempts him in significance. He basically says, listen, I'm going to take you to the highest place. He took him to a high place, and he showed him all the kingdoms of this world. I don't know how he did it. Did he transport? Did Jesus get on Lucifer's back for a few minutes? I don't know, but he was pretty high up. And he says, you can have all this. You can have significance. You can have power. You can have privilege. But you got to bow down, and you got to worship me. Are you with me, everybody? This all happened right after that high point in that high place that that, that Jesus had just come out of this glorious place in his relationship with God. And every year, people all around the world are trying to make changes in their life. They're trying to make, the first of the year just kind of initiates this, I got to get back on track. I got to get, you know, back to the gym. I got to get, it's always the body first. It seems like it's always the body first. I need to start reading again. And then it's the mind. But very rarely is it the spirit part of us first. And interestingly enough, because we make the priority, our body or our mind first, it's interesting that sometimes it's a week, two weeks, three weeks, and though we struck off, we have already struck out. And I submit to you, if that's happening with your body, and if that's happening with your mind, it can happen with your spiritual life before you know it. And so, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's what he wants to talk to me about today. <laughs> Jesus answers a question that I've had for a long, long time in a story called a parable, a parable of the sower. Everybody say the sower. So this is from Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, kind of the references here. I'll spend most of my time in Luke chapter 8. But my struggle as a pastor, hear this all the way through. Don't get offended. Don't run out. My struggle as a pastor is with people. People. All you people. If it wasn't for people, we'd have a great church. <laughs> and, and, and the challenge that I have experienced as a pastor, what bothers me, and, and what I sometimes haven't understood really fully, and the Lord's helping me with this, is that, is that the people that you love and the people that you care for and the people that you pour your life into you, to, to, and the people that you, you challenge and provoke to grow, by and large... Don't change. And that's what I want to talk about. By and large, people don't change. And it hurts. It hurts because I, I'm, as a pastor, I could have done something else in life, but God wired me to be a pastor. I, lo- I actually love people, even though I'm, on one hand, I get frustrated, I get, I get disappointed. I love people, all right? I care about people. I want to I wanna see you grow. I want to see you. This is a very pastoral message. And so, some of you that are new, this is not for you. You just get to audit this, just listen. Okay, But for those of you who call this your home, I'm talking to you as your spiritual father. I want you to grow. I want you to move forward. I want you to go to that next level as a pastor. But I get stressed out sometimes because you can pour into somebody and only a month later, they're gone. They vanished. They disappeared. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the reasons why. And it can be a lot of different things that happen. Notice when I say that, there's not a lot of amens. And some of it is is because of different things. A boyfriend comes up on the scene. I love Jesus, but he's cute. (laughs) Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Like, what the heck? She was on fire. She was at the altar here last Sunday, crying her eyes out. Next weekend, she's gone. Boyfriend. She got a little attention from somebody, you know? Can we talk about that? Anyway, some of you are like, because of these Different things that we'll talk about. You're in church one, first Sunday of the month. I'm a first Sunday of the month person. I'm always there, first Sunday of the month. Good for you, 12 times a year, praise the Lord. Some of you, you know, somebody on your row is here sometimes. You're a sometime Christian. Right on your row. Don't look around. Don't look around because they're right there on your row right now. Sometimes people, sometimes people. Some of you are C&Es, you know, and you just showed up tonight. You showed up today, excuse me, it's a miracle, okay? But God wants you to grow. And that's why he put certain people, the Bible says he gave some pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, right. apostles, because he didn't need a lot of them because he's, he's called them to help you grow. Right. Help you grow, amen? Right. And so Jesus addresses this problem of incons- inconsistency, a lack of maintenance of, of the things that we need, and, and he, he, he kind of drops some secrets for it. Because some people, truth be told, right now, right here in this room, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Wait, I don't care if you come back. I'm going to give you the word today. Okay, but here's the thing: some of you are not here because you're hungry for God. Some of you are not here because you're hungry. Some of you here because the music rocks. Some of you here because the coffee's free. Some of you here because your wife guilted you to be here. Some of you here because you like the entertainment value. Some of you here because there's a cute chick in the front row. <laughs> or other religious reasons. Truth be told. I'm just telling you. I'm going to show you this in the Bible. Some people are not here for the right reasons. Many don't truly hunger after the things of God, but you should. Amen. You should. Amen. And again, I'm not trying to drive you. I'm trying to draw you. I'm praying the Spirit is on the on the words. Amen. So in Luke chapter eight, I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase this huge text, but I'm I'm really paraphrasing verse four to four verse four to five, verse fifteen, if you're interested. And and the story is about a farmer or a sower. Everybody say sower. And he sows or he plants seed. And the seed lands on various types of soil, okay? And based on where the seed lands on the soil, it produces or doesn't produce certain things. Are you with me, everybody? Okay. And there are certain commonalities, common components, um, keys, secrets in this particular story that relate to this, that relate specifically to your ability to be able to have lasting change, to be able to make real, permanent character changes in your life, to be able to uh, sustain and maintain what you just got for some of you out of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's why I've entitled this Day 22. Are you with me? Yeah. So the first thing that we see in the story is we see that there's the sower. Everybody say The sower. The sower in this story is the farmer. The same sower is throughout the particular story. And the sower is one who disperses or speaks life into you. They speak the truth to you. Uh, They challenge you. They provoke you. Everyone in this room has a sower in their life, even if you're new here. The sower is someone who comes to you with truth, someone who who just motivates you, inspires you to grow. Here, if you're a part of Connect Church, your sower is known as Derek C. Fry, a.k.a. PD. I am your sower, and I am sowing seed into your life. Your sower is your pastor, if you call this your spiritual family. Are you with me right now, okay? And I'm not trying to exalt myself, I'm just trying to establish the roles, okay, okay? And so uh, right now, I'm sowing seed. Just like it says in the story, I'm tossing seed to you guys. I'm tossing some seed to you guys. And I'm tossing some seed to you guys. Looking over here, I think I need some more seed over there. (laughs) Right here, Pastor Chris needs extra, extra (laughs) seed, extra seed. Okay? Some of you need more seed than others, but there's a sower in this particular story. And number two, the seed is the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. So there's a sower, there's one, there's a sower, and there's the seed, and the seed is the word of God. We're not teaching uh, from the newspaper here at Connect Church. Come on. Can, you, can I have an amen? We're not teaching uh, from some blog online. We're not teaching uh, myths and fairy tales and fables. We're teaching the very word of God. Amen. And so that's what you're going to get when you come to church. We're not teaching. We're not. We're not promoting politics. Amen. 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 We're teaching the word of God. And so the Bible says. It's the same sower and the same seed that will hear this today. So all of you here in this room are receiving from the same sower and you're all getting the same seed. Track with me now. I'm going somewhere with this. But, but notice something. But unfortunately, though the same sower is, is tossing out the same seed, it will get different results. It'll get different results. And it gets different results because the seed that's coming from the sower is falling on different types of soil. Of soil. And so that's why you get different results. And you have to decide which type of soil. Are you going to be wayside soil, rocky soil, thorny soil, or good soil? Well, pastor, I'm going to be good soil. I'm going to be good, I'm going to be good soil. Well, the Bible says not everyone will be good soil. I think you can choose to be good soil, and that's why I want to encourage you with this word, but not everybody will be good soil. There's people on your row right now, don't look at them, that won't be good soil. That won't be good soil. Are you with me, everybody? And so Jesus explains why. The problem that people don't maintain what they obtain is the soil. It's the soil. Number three, the soil determines what happens to the seed. The soil determines what happens to the seed. So you know this basically. You know, you had some basic agriculture in school. The seed, it goes into the ground. It has to die. And then when it dies, something happens. It's really from God. The shell breaks. And then the seed begins to germinate. And and assuming the conditions are right, assuming the the light is right and the pH in the ground and there's enough dirt over it and there's moisture, the seed will begin to to grow. Are you with me, everybody? And it will produce a crop. And the Bible says... Because of good soil, it produce a hundredfold, a hundred times what's in the seed is produced in the soil. So if you get, listen, if you get the soil right, if you get, I just need this to stick with you, This it seems like so simple in so many ways, but it's so profound. If you get the soil right, something will change inside of you. You wanna change? Do you wanna change? Then you've got to get your soil right. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your soil right, okay? But turn to your second choice and say, but don't soil your pants, okay? No, I'm just kidding. All right, don't say that. Uh, that, was, that was, yeah, okay. So, So if you don't change, listen, if you don't change, it's not the seed. If you don't change, it's not the sower. If you don't change, it's the soil. And the soil is with me. Are you with me, everybody? And so everybody's getting seed tossed out right now, but there's four types of soil. Verse 5, chapter 8 says, the sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds, remember the birds, the birds of the air devoured it. Now, the Lord showed me something. But As I was driving into the parking lot today, I was praying. I got up er- really early this morning, and I've been praying all morning long and preparing. I had another message last night, so I had to, like, shift gears, so I have to get up early to get that out of my spirit and get a new thing back in it. And as I'm praying, the Lord says, there's three things that happen in the soil. And he gave me three Ds, because he knows PD likes alliteration, okay? But he showed me that different types of soil. On the first type of soil, he showed me this wayside soil is a demonic activity. The birds are are little, they're lying spirits. See, sometimes you you tell lies, and that's damaging. But you know what's even more damaging? When you buy lies. You accept the things that the devil's whispering in your ear. Oh, my gosh, I'm preaching up in here. I'm going to do a Josh today. I am preaching up in here. Sometimes, anyway, (laughs) the demonic lies they whisper to you and they steal the seed, in other words. You can receive something from the Lord, but before it gets planted inside of you, the devil comes in and lies to you. Oh, that tithing teaching, that's, that's, not, that's, that's Old Testament. That's not New Testament. Before you, you were receiving it during the message, but by the time you got to the parking lot, the enemy was lying to you about something. Oh, that particular word that you heard, that's not really true. That's not for you. Whatever the thing is, it's, it's birds, angry birds. And here's what happens. If you don't recognize that, you will not take the necessary precautions to protect the seed. You need to recognize these things that I'm telling you. And this is not a one-time thing. This is a lifetime thing. In fact, the more profound and life-changing the seed is, the more effort the devil will make to try to steal the seed from you. And the bigger the lie he'll try to pitch to you. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is good preaching. PD's give me right now. OK, so sometimes the, the, the seed that's being planted to some of you, you came in here and you, and you just you've, you've never your father never told you he loved you. But then God, the father, through the word, gives you a seed that tells you God loves you, Amen. that you, you're, you're, you're my son and who I'm well pleased yeah. and, and, and you are accepted. And, and that could change you. But by the time you got out to the parking lot, the enemy came in and says, you're not lovable. Why would why would they why would God love you? Look at what you've done. Are you with me everybody you can receive a transformational seed but because of the soil it doesn't get planted and the enemy comes in in different ways to steal that seed the second soil is rocky soil everybody say rocky soil and so the Lord told me the first one is demonic the second one is dryness dryness a lot of you guys in your walk with God maybe not now maybe it's maybe it's it's good right now, but what happens for many people is you get spiritually dry, spiritually dry. What will stop you from making the necessary changes and maintaining those and sustaining those is dryness or rocky soil. And so the Bible says in verse 6, some fell on the rock, and as soon as it, as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked what? It lacked what? Moisture. Can I talk about that? Come on. Praise the Lord, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's right. Come on. What's interesting is that the seed fell on rocky soil, but yet it still sprang up. Mm-hmm. Power. The seed is so powerful, it can fall on a hard heart and still initially bring some fruit. Amen. That's how powerful the seed Amen. is. I want you to understand. I think God put that in there for you to understand the significance and the power that's in a seed. See, sometimes you are undervaluing, you are you are diluting and diminishing the significance of the seed that's being tossed out right now and how powerful it is to change your life. People are not in a have poverty, they have poverty mindsets. That's right. And so when you can change the way a person thinks, you can change what a person becomes. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Proverbs 23, 7, everybody. And so your heart can be so hard. But what what really will cause it to fail, because eventually the Bible says it will, it will wither and die. It was a lack of moisture. Moisture. And I think it's amazing that the Bible doesn't say a lack of oxygen. The, the dirt didn't have the right pH. Uh, there wasn't enough sunlight. no. God goes out of his way, and I believe this is particular to you and to our church. I'll say that. He uses the word moisture. He basically says, what is the most important thing that the seed needs is water, rain, moisture to fall upon the people. And, what, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll try to unpack this for you, but one time Jesus is talking to a woman, a woman at the well... And, and she's basically trying to, you know, do you want something to drink? And, 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 and that's what she does every day. She goes to get water. She has to walk far to get water and then bring it back. And Jesus says, yeah, that's not going to take care of things for you. I am living water. And what I have for you, if you'll, if you'll receive the living water I have, you'll never thirst again. See, God had something. What happens is many of you, the reason you don't sustain, the reason you don't maintain what God has for you is because you're drinking from the wrong well. You're drinking from the well of the world. The well of the world. You're, 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 and you'll be thirsty time and time again. You will never be satisfied. You're drinking from, maybe it's pornography. You're drinking from... The well, It's just temporary. You're drinking from alcohol. You're drinking from, uh, uh, you know, other addictive behaviors. You're drinking from social media for your affirmation. I'm just telling you, you're drinking from the wrong well. And if you don't stop drinking from that well, you, you will never have that sustained, lasting change that God has for you. But if you will come to the living well, to the living water of Jesus Christ, he will satisfy your deepest needs and quench your deepest thirst in Jesus' name. Are you with me? everybody but if you don't if you don't water the if you don't water the seed the seed will die you'll you you got to water the seed turn to your neighbor and say you gotta water the seed so what happens sometimes is this is what it looks like in your devotional life some of you read your bibles good for you some of you go to church and listen to messages good for you good job one time jesus was uh, he was he was chiding and he was rebuking the religious and he says you do err because you know the scriptures but you lack the power of god so, we need the word of God, but we also need the power and presence of God. It's not either or, it's both and. Yeah. We need both. Are you with me, everybody? And so, how do you get the power of God in your life, Pastor Jericho? I'm so glad you asked me. You get it. You get the water. Water is equivalent to, similar to, likened to, worship. Yeah. 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 I need more people. Thank you for the five people who amen that. Water is worship. Amen. It's a worship. It's my worship. That's the water. I'm coming for you. My son used to always say this. I'm coming for bodies. See, it's so important because you need God in your life, but the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, he lives among a people that praise him. That worship him, praises adoration for his name, worships this, this intimate encounter with, with the things of God. But sometimes some of you, and, and I don't know who you are, uh, but I know God knows who you are. But some of us are just kind of like, we're, too, we're too, too cozy with God. We're too cute with God. We're too prideful and arrogant with God. And we're not willing sometimes to get a little undignified and rip our jacket off and raise our hands and open up our mouths because I don't do that. But God got on the cross for you and openly, before all, gave himself for the, for the joy that was before him. He endured the cross for you. It's been so good to you. And you can't get up and worship him and say how grateful you are for him and thank God for 20 minutes a week on a Sunday morning. Can I have a better amen? It's time to give glory and honor to God. I want the presence of God in my life. But the seed won't grow without worship. It won't grow. I'm getting undignified. Praise the Lord. And I'm not talking about the spirit in us. I'm talking about the spirit upon us. That's what I talk about with the presence of God, right? And so his glory and power is welcomed when we worship him. And so some of that's not just in church. It should be when you're walking and talking with God, you know, in the neighborhood. When you're, if you can't worship here, you should at least be able to worship in your car. Now, you might get pulled over for a, by a cop for looking weird, whatever, but... You might get out of your ticket if you, if you were worshiping God. <laughs> but the Bible says to praise him all the day long, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Are you with me? Oh, magnify the Lord and sing with me together. Let us exalt his name together. This is something we should be doing together. And I'm just challenging you. This is not a time and season in 2023 where you decide to show up after the third song. Yeah. Right, right, right. Say, Pastor, say, I love how it hurts right now. Because can you just give 22 minutes a week to just worship and declare how good God is in spite of what you see, in spite of what you feel? Even if it's not working out right now, God's still worthy. He's still worthy. And I don't want to stand before God saying, well, I didn't see you deal with my immediate problems when he dealt with my ultimate sin, and then I stand before God, and that's why I didn't worship you in church on Sunday mornings. I don't know, but I'm just, you don't have to like me, okay? Okay. But I'm just saying, just open up your mouth. That's the moisture, everybody. And for some of you who have been worshiping God and praising God, I just want you to know something. I prophesy this over you. A A flood is coming over your seed. A flood is coming over your seed. A flood is coming over your seed. A flood is coming over your seed in Jesus' name. Amen. Seeds. Seeds are getting water, and the roots are going to begin to expand in Jesus' name through this church and through your life. And the soil that was hard is now becoming soft. That's what the Bible goes on to say. See, a soft heart, God, cannot get seed into soil without a soft heart, and the moisture makes the heart soft. Oh, my God. That rocky soil, that dryness. It's moisture that will change that. So you want to change that soil, which is the catalyst for, ch- for growth and permanent change? You got you to soften it up with water, and you, water is worship. It's worship. Oh, my gosh. Verse 13, but the one on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they have no root. They believe for a while, and a time of temptation comes, and they fall away. See, so if you don't, If you don't put water on the seed, if you don't worship the seed, and then you're not softening up the soil, then what will eventually happen is you have no roots. And if you have no roots, you are not able to stand up against the temptations and the wiles and the challenges that come from the enemy. Jesus, because he was a worshiper, Jesus, because he walked in the power and presence of God, was able to say to Satan, "It it is written. It is written. It is written. Thou shalt not live by bread alone. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He was able to say that with confidence. And sometimes when the devil comes at you, he comes at you with those old chronic problems, those old patterns to convince you, see, I got you, I got you, I got you, because I got you before. But if you had been tilling the soil, everybody, if you have been watering the seed, if you have been worshiping God, when the enemy comes around, hey, hey, you can say, see you later. Walk on by. Not going to happen here today. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. I'm having fun. I got four minutes. Praise the Lord. The next soil is thorny soil. Everybody say thorny soil. So we have demonic lies. We have dryness. And then we have distractions. Yep. Distractions. Distractions. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it. And... What? Choked it. They choked it. And the, the seed was choked out by three things. Cares, riches, and pleasures. These are the classic distractions. If you want to sustain and maintain lasting change in your life, you have to identify these things that choke the seed. And it is always going to be in these categories, cares, riches and pleasures cares are those things those those activities that sidelines you too much work too much work sometimes you think working harder is the is the is the solution it's working smarter it's coming under the wisdom of God's principles so and you have to have margin in your life and if you don't have margin in your life I'm telling you you're out of order 80 90 hours a week that's not of God you're going to lose your family. You're going to get all the wealth in the world. You're going to lose your health. You're going to get more money, but you're going to lose your marriage. Right. It's a distraction. It's a yeah. distraction. And so you'll have no time for God and no time for God's agenda yep. because of the cares of this life. And so some of you you, 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 you skip church because you're thick. I'm thick. I think I'm not going to go to church today. I'm thick. <laughs> I feel thick. Sunday morning, you don't feel good, but Friday night, you didn't feel good either. And there was a party on Friday night, and all you did was pseudo-fed it up, double caffeine, and you went out to party. And God saw your soil Friday night. Some of you got so crazy, you did soil your pants. I'm just saying. Some of you put other things ahead of God. You, you, You go to the gym. And some guy's yelling at you at 50 bucks an hour, and you're paying him, but you're not paying your tithes. Come on! You'll be there three, four, five times a week making time for that, and you can't be to church on a Sunday morning. Listen, I never talk like this, but I'm telling you the secret to lasting change. It's the soil that's jacked up, everybody. And there's riches, which is the pursuit of wealth and abundance and the pursuit of stuff. And so you got cars and clothes and toys, and you want to live in a certain neighborhood. you are got to drive a fancy car with no fruit in your life. Amen. Right. You want a big house, but it's not a home. Yeah. I would rather have purpose and direction that I learn through the word of God and through a life-giving church and drive a bus than a fancy car not knowing where I'm going with my life. Keith. Can I have an amen? Yeah. I'm preaching. Some of you guys need to chase God, and riches will chase you. Not so that you can be rich, but so you can be rich in good deeds. Because God will sanctify your heart and circumcise your heart and make it right. And then there's the pleasures of life. That's the lust of life. That's where I got to have it. It's the got to have it spirit. I want what they want. I want what they have. And I'll do anything to get it, and that will keep you. That will keep you from change. It will keep you from fruit. God never designed for you to have it all. It's all things in accordance with his will. And when it's in accordance with will, you'll have true joy. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so verse 14 says, and it brings no fruit, these things. No fruit to maturity. But, everybody say but. but. This is how we get lasting change and sustained change got to have good soil. Number four is good soil. Verse eight, but others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop a hundredfold. If that's not appetizing, if that's not invitational, I don't know about you, but I want a hundredfold in my life. Amen. I want multiplication in every area of my life. See, God wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. He wants every part of you to be successful. Not so everybody looks at you, but so everybody looks at Jesus working in you. He wants a hundredfold in your life. I love this from Mark chapter 4, verse 28. It says, This speaking of the seed, when the soil's right, all by itself, everything grows. See, you don't have to work a huge recipe, all these formulas for success. No, just get your soil right. And all by itself, things will begin to produce results in every area of your life. If your soul is, soil is right, your soul will be right. If your soil is right, your finances will be right. If your soul, soil is right, your relationships will be right. Are you with me, everybody? All by itself, it will just begin to happen. And so I put this in my notes. When we plant good seed and good soil, good things happen. Good things happen. Now, I try to do a daddy-ism, a, a papa-ism. Uh, uh, my, my dad, he used to always say this to me when he was talking about specifically benevolence. He said, son, uh, you, you may not want to give that to that person. I go, why is that? He said, because we plant good seed in good soil. Good, soil. That's right. good seed in good soil. So is it good soil? I, I, well, I don't know. He said, well, you want to find that out because you want to get a good return on your seed. Right? But this applies to so many different areas of our life. I believe this is the word of the year for our church. And and what I heard and what I saw is kind of like a, almost like a motto. Like, I am good soil. We made an I am statement. This year, I am good soil. Come on, say that with me. I am good soil. I want you to speak that over yourself. I want you to accept that. And so if you really distill that little line down, we're basically saying good unto good produces good things. Good seed, good soil, good things. Well it's, it's an eventuality that good things will happen. Are you with me? Yes. Let me finish this up with these, these two little addeds here. Verse 15, it says, "But the one that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with noble and good heart." Everybody say noble and good heart." Noble and good heart. A noble heart is a person who wants to hear the truth. So if you want to have good soil, you have to have a noble heart. A noble heart is not saying, I, I, I want my truth. No, a noble heart receives the truth. The truth. So like I get to interpret it. I get to distill it. I get to pick and choose. It's a smorgasbord of spirituality. Uh, it's, a, it's a buffet. I like this, but I don't like that. No, 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 no. A good soil doesn't say, I don't accept this, and I don't know about that, and I don't receive this. Blah, blah, blah. Good soil says, I receive the truth. Let it go down into my innermost parts and work inside. The wisdom from above is peaceable. And the Bible says, easily entreated. Are you with me, everybody? And so you got to have a noble heart. How many want truth in your inner parts? Come on, say that. I want truth. I want truth this year in 2023. I want, I want, and if you will accept that kind of seed, you can't help but see change in your life. And then a good heart, everybody say good heart, is someone who wants to please God. Amen. So, a, so good soil, a prerequisite for good soil is a noble heart, I receive truth. A prerequisite for good soil is you want to please God. You have a good heart, you want to please God. You're not looking for the praises of men more than the praises of God. You want to you want his affirmation. You want his attaboy yeah. on the back of your yeah. butt. Are you with me, everybody? Yes. Verse 15, but the one that fell on good ground are those who... Having heard the word, with noble and good heart, here's what they do. When you have a noble and good heart, the Bible says they keep it. They keep it. They keep it. And they bear fruit with patience. See, keep it is, it's, it's as if, um, keep it is a person who does everything necessary to protect the seed. Everything necessary to protect the seed. When you leave today, I promise you. I promise you, and I... I'm telling you, as soon as you walk out of here, there's going to be something, some situation, some scenario, some problematic, uh, you know, altercation. Something your spouse says It's going to just make you see red. I don't know what it is going to be, but there's going to be something that's going to try to take this word from you. But I am encouraging you. I am asking you to make it your assignment to put soldiers around the seed. I want you to imagine you're just, you're putting people on watch. No, 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 no. You're not going to take this seed from me. You're not going to take this truth from me. You're not going to take this reality from me. Uh, I'm putting the fence around this ground. I want you to do that by the Spirit in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Don't let anyone take your seed in Jesus' name. And this needs to be a lifestyle in 2023, not just a one-time thing. And what happens is they keep it, they bear fruit with patience. Patience means you keep walking with God even when it seems like things aren't happening, even if it seems like you're going through hell, you keep walking. You stay patient. The Bible says through faith and patience, Abraham inherited his promises. Sometimes we have faith, but we don't have patience. I'm telling you, it's an eventuality. If your soil is good, if you have a noble and good heart, if you keep it with patience, you will see your hundredfold crop in Jesus' name in your life. That lawsuit that you're up against, that, that near divorce that you're facing, those family situations with your kids that have gone AWOL and, and offline, those situations at your job, that in-between where you don't know what's supposed to happen next, if you prepare your soil, those things with patience will come to pass in Jesus' name. It's coming. It's coming in 2023. Come on, say, my seed is taking root, and the fruit is coming in 2023, in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet let me pray for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, God. Lord, I speak on behalf of the people in this room with sincere hearts. Maybe, maybe you need to do something in your body to just say, I'm receiving this word. I, sometimes I got to raise my hands almost like an antenna. Sometimes I, I just got to speak things sometimes out of my mouth to just let him know I'm, I'm receiving everything you say, God. I'm receiving everything you say. I'm patient, God. I'm patient. I didn't get into this mess overnight, and I'm not going to get out of it in a day. And so, Lord, I'm going to be patient. Lord, I'm going to keep this word. I'm going to protect this word in 2023. Lord, I praise the shepherd of this church. Help. Help them see the demonic lies that come against them. Help him see how the enemy comes in so quickly. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, that's a lie. I rebuke the lie. He, the father of lies is Satan. It's not God. I rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. And I take captive that thought and every thought that exalts itself above the name of Jesus. I, I rebuke that lie. That lie won't come into my soil. Father, I, I, I pray you help them keep the seed. Keep them from distractions in the name of Jesus. The cares. All the crazy, busy, running and gunning, Mach 5 with their hair on fire, just going, going, going. Lord, help them come to a stop in their, in their, in their lives and, and just look and see what is happening. Lord, slow them down so later, following you, they can, they can go faster. They can go faster. Lord, I pray against those all those those pleasures that just distract them and, and distort reality. I come against all those riches, Lord, of preoccupations of things that are not of God and sanctify those things in their heart in Jesus' name. And I come against, Lord, the, 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 not just that, Lord, but this dryness, this dryness. This is the one, Lord, I want for my church. I see a church and I prophesy. Twenty twenty three, best year ever, connect people are going to get to church hungry thirsty for living water people are going to come first song ready to worship on their knees standing raising their hands opening their lips and the fruit of their lips is praising your name exalting jesus and as lord we make your your glory and your splendor our preoccupation lord you will exalt us in due time as we humble ourselves lord you lift us up And Lord, you will draw all men unto yourself. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name this be the greatest year in Connect Church history. Now, as we begin to worship, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you as the worship team comes. I want you to invite moisture into your soil. Worship team, come right behind me. I pray the very presence of God. Now sweep over this room as we worship God. Lord, I pray the water of the Holy Spirit touch every heart. Some of you haven't been tender. You've been dry. Some of you had not had a good cry in years. God, I pray that you penetrate hearts that have been dry right now with the water of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody, come on, let's say amen. We worship you, God. Come on, let's worship him with all our heart.